Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you chapter 136 of Radiance, my original Fallout fan fiction. As always, if you can like, share, and subscribe to this wherever you can, and leave feedback at the sites via fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. I always enjoy reading your comments and seeing what you're thinking. And you know, if you've got any ideas, you're always free to leave them on my Discord or on these sites. And you know, if I like the ideas, I might pick them up and use them. You never know. But if you do pop over to ghostnobody.com, why don't you check out Stormrider? You know, if big surly dragon-esque girls, orcs and elves, magical realms, and human mages are your sort of thing, check it out. You might enjoy it. And also, while you're there, why not pop over to the ghostly link section? Check out Mortis, my original novel, for sale on both Smashwords and on Amazon. Pick it up. Help support me and keep me doing what I love, bringing unlikely alien romance stories to you good people. So, without any further ado then, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, at first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own Fallout or anything to do with it, that's all Bethesda. I just keep crazy tales happy. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 136. It only takes a minute. As Fuller jumped down from the winding down vertibird, he saw the Minutemen leadership along with Raymond heading right for them, and he could already see the smile plastered on Raymond's face. We've already had calls from those settlements you helped. Seems you and your team really kicked some ass out there, Fuller, Raymond said grinning from ear to ear. Told you we'd get the job done, Fuller said with a nonchalant nod of the Minutemen leadership. If you'll excuse me, I have customers in dire neat state of wardrobe emergency that I need to take care of. Malachi said, quickly scuttling off into the main courtyard, where he was almost instantly accosted by said customers, who had all been eagerly awaiting his return. Saving the wasteland one stitch at a time, Fuller said with a grin, as a few of his team and the leadership chuckled as they watched the large Arachnakai boy start pulling out his tools. Honestly, you wouldn't believe how rare a damn good tailor like him is these days, General Redfield said, glancing at the large Arachnakai boy as he plucked his large fluffy rear end back at his table that he'd set up and got straight back to work. Yeah, I would. I've been all over. And if there's one thing that's near constant out there, it's people wearing rags. To those people, our fluffy jumping tailor boy there is an absolute godsend. Fuller said, smiling softly at the large arachnokai as he took a long coat from one of the Minutemen began to inspect it closely before rapidly unstitching the entire lining from the thing. We've been hearing a plethora of reports coming in from all over the region about your people. We've even had one panic report of an unknown enemy dropping in attack claws near their settlement. We need to get an update five minutes later to say it's all okay and said attack claw, and I quote, has kicked a super mutant halfway to the fucking moon, end quote. General Redfield said trying hard to stifle a chuckle from her voice as she said it. Honestly, that could be Ven Orlea's handiwork. One thing I've learned since f joining the Free Peoples is never underestimate a sentient claw and their desire to protect their friends and loved ones. Hell, I actually wouldn't want to imagine what would be left of somebody foolhardy enough to ever threaten Gregory's life, that's for sure, Fuller said with a grin. Not a hell of a lot, I can tell you. Not much. I'd do a lot more than kick their ass to the moon. I'd slice it off, then kick it to the fucking moon first. A deep gravelly voice said from behind them, 
and Fuller turned to see a very familiar claw stalking up with his adoring human stood proudly next to him, sniper rifle leaning on his shoulder. Yeah, that super mutant who is currently in orbit did kinda do a stupid thing, Gregory said with a grin on his face. Oh, what's that then? Raymond asked curiously. Tried to charge me down with a plank of wood with nails in it. My big sexy hunk of claw here showed him how very little he thought of his improvised bat. And after he'd broken said bat over its owner's head, he did indeed plant a rather sizable clawed foot right up his sizable green rear end. Gregory said, also trying to stifle a chuckle before reaching out and stroking Ven's thigh lovingly. No one, and I'm fucking mean, no one threatens my human and lives to gloat over it, Ven snarled deeply. This team gets crazier by the day. I'm beginning to like these people a whole lot. A heavily accented voice said from their right and Fuller turned to see Sasha sat atop a load of recently delivered boxes. Looked like they'd come in from one of the many caravans in the area. Sasha here has been telling us how Raymond and his team broke into an enclave stronghold and rescued not only him but the whole village worth of scorpion hybrids. Quite the story, I must say. General Redfield said, gesturing to the scorpions scuttling around the place. All part of the good works that the free peoples are trying to do all over this region, Raymond said in his best diplomatic voice. It's true. I see first-hand and second-hand how much these people care for others. They owe me nothing, and I owe them nothing. Yet, they still take time to rescue me and return me to my people. They are people of honour, and it means something to them. It is rare fine these days, I can tell you that, the grizzled Cossack said, jumping down from the box and wandering up to the group. Ah, good timing, Knight. I had an idea on the way back that I'd like to talk with you about, and I do believe it will be beneficial for all of us, Paladin Wright said, suddenly walking up from the landing zone with her team in tow and spotting Sasha with the group. Ideas, Paladin, can be dangerous things in wrong hands. Sasha said with a bit of a cheeky grin at the younger paladin. But by the way she smiled back at him, it was obvious that the soldier's humour was not lost on her. True, but I do believe you'll like this, as well our potential allies will here as well, paladin Wright said. Da? Sounds intriguing then, Sasha said, gesturing with his hand. Yeah, I was thinking that. Care to elaborate, paladin? General Redfield asked curiously. Well, I don't know how much Sasha here has told you about his unit, the Cossacks, but they're considered something of a special forces group within the Brotherhood, and I believe that it would be very advantageous to all groups involved if we put some of them on loan to yourselves, to aid you with both training and potentially sourcing equipment. As I do hear from a very reliable source, that they not have only quite the knack for not only procuring gear from the most of unlikely places, but also turning it into rather a nasty surprise for their enemies on the ro- on the road, Paladin Wright said, giving Sasha a knowing look. Indeed, this is true. Once hit an old communist hideout in DC, find many AKs in crates. We take them, make them even more deadlier, which is hard to do, Sasha said, nodding in agreement. What about power armor? Can you guys help us out with that? That on its own would make a distinct advantage to my guys in the field, General Redfield said hopefully, and Sasha scratched his chin thoughtfully before nodding. Duh, 
I believe I can help with this. His old storage site for old T-45 units meant to be scrapped before end of war. Never happened, and suits still there, stood, waiting. If I can have my team, we will help you secure them, and better, we'll even show you how to make most of them. Old does not mean weak, Sasha said. Now we're talking. Well, really does seem this partnership is really starting to pay off, General Redfield said, as her face lit up. Wait, does that mean... Raymond began, but the general cut him off with a knowing smile. Yes, Raymond. It means I'm willing to sit down with you all and sign this peace and mutual assistance proposal you've come up with. From this day on, you can consider the Minutemen of America an official partner in this alliance of yours, she said, stretching out a hand to him, which he happily took and shook. Well then, let's not waste any more time, shall we? He said, gesturing back towards the conference room once more while all the leaders headed in for paperwork and handshakes, Fuller decided to sit down with his in the courtyard with his team. Well, looks like we did some good out there, Yumi said, planting her rear atop a crate to Fuller's right, while Glory re- literally planted her own glorious rear end right down in his lap, before wrapping her arms around his neck. Yeah, I think Wisp and Desdemona are going to be thrilled with this, he said, leaning back and gently stroking Glory's thigh and waist. And so they should be. This is a pretty historic day, Fuller. This is the day that finally the entire region is going to stand together united for the first time in a very long time. And for us, no more skulking in shadows. Finally, the railroad can operate out in the open, not only without fear of persecution, but with the full backing and support of the others in the area. Glory said as she watched Malachi hard at work patching up what looked to be a set of woollen long johns that had seen very better days. If the Enclave or the Institute get a hold of this information, there's going to be a royal shitstorm in their headsheds, that's for sure. Fuller said and Yumi nodded. Let's hope so. About time somebody put the fear of God into those fuckers, she said. Exactly. This is entire... This is the entire of Boston standing up and saying, not one step further. I guess this was what they used to mean when they said Boston strong, Glory said, making Fuller chuckle and nod. Yeah, maybe. But don't forget, ladies, we've still got a long road to walk yet. This is just the start of things. Early days yet. I wonder if they'll call Seven to let him know about this, he said. Oh, I don't doubt it. And who knows, you might even show up in person to sign off on the treaty. The kind of fitting, I think, Glory said. From what I understand, he's kind of got a lot on his plate at the moment, up here in Nuka World. I mean, not only is he trying to organise an entire rebellion to take on an entire group of raiders, but he's got a whole tribe of gator claws to look after. Yumi said, gesturing to the sky with her hand in a kind of dramatic gesture. Yeah, that's true. I wonder what our next move will be now that we've got this settled here, Fuller said thoughtfully. Probably get back on to work on either ferreting out your former colleagues, or even the Institute, or maybe both, Glory said before the trio simply sat there, watched the clouds rolling past, each simply lost in their thoughts. It took about an hour for Raymond and the others to knock out the final details of the treaty, and during which Paladin Wright had officially managed to get the Cossacks assigned as advisors to the, to the Minutemen as part of the Brotherhood's contribution to the Alliance, 
as well as a show of willingness to aid their allies, a move that Sasha was actually in full support of. He thought it would be a nice change of pace. For their part, the Minutemen had agreed to take, the Scorp- take in some of the Scorpion refugees and give them safe harbour, as well as protection, as well as a settlement to call their own deep within the heart of Minutemen territory. Each of the attendees agreed to have both ambassadors as well as attaches from each of the other factions at all of their major bases, a show of trust and goodwill. Even the Free Peoples now, whom had a joint base set up in the old vault in the region with the railroad, agreed to this. In fact, some of the Scorpions, whom wished to remain there as permanent residents, were allowed to be, thanks to their natural affinity to being underground, which suited them just fine. As he walked out into the courtyard, Sasha sighed heavily and smiled to himself. It felt good to not only be needed, but useful again. Too long had the Cossacks been on the back burner, only called upon when problems got too tough for all others to solve. Now, they would be able to truly show people what they were capable of. It took a few number of calls to get through to their group, and to make the arrangements to have part of the unit sent here. In fact, it did seem to come a bit of a surprise to them that he was even still alive. Though the smooth swiftly soured when he informed everyone what had become of their brothers and sisters-in-arms. But, as was the Cossack way, this didn't dampen their spirits fully. It only made them burn brighter, as he told the tales of how each of them had died. He knew that someone would fully be hard at work recording their tale woven into the great tapestry, which they kept at their HQ. It told the tale of the fallen. This was a kind of throwback to the olden times, where the tales of heroes and villains alike were woven into ornate tapestries for all to see and learn from. He believed that this was in keeping with the traditions of his homeland, along those of his brothers and sisters of the Brotherhood, with their great chain. This way, the tales of those who had come before them, and who would come after them, and served and paid the ultimate price for their belief in the freedom that they had fought for, would never be forgotten by those that still served. The Cossack commander, Paladin Lyshenyenko, had authorised a unit to be dispatched to Sasha and to be put under his direct command. He, authorized his, he also authorised his field promotion to Master Knight, which was one rank below Paladin and the highest he himself could bestow without the Elders being directly involved. No small feat in the Cossacks, as ranks were not given away freely like candies like they were in some of the other units. In the Cossacks... You earned your stripes through blood and sweat. As it turned out, Sasha and his Cossacks would not be the only ones sending troops to aid and train with the Minutemen. The Valkyries had also promised a detachment of their elite feather guard to be sent to assist and work with the Minutemen and the Cossacks. Apparently they were a team of aerial scout snipers known as the Silent Eagles. Sasha found himself quite intrigued by this development. As having seen what Jewel and her lot could do, he felt himself quite impressed by his new feathery friends. And given that they'd fought the vastly better armed and equipped Brotherhood pretty much to a complete standstill, he was under no illusions that they were to be taken lightly by any measure. A couple of hours later, after the treaty had been signed, Sasha had been in the garden, inspecting the tomato plants. As he'd always had something of a green thumb, and during his off hours he did enjoy a bit of gardening. And when you can make things grow underground, you always did appreciate a good plot when you saw it. 
when suddenly he heard the all-too-familiar chatter of heavy propellers in the distance, as he looked up from the garden just in time to see a very familiar vertebrate fly overhead, before setting down just outside the fort, and Sasha felt himself smile. As he walked out the main gate, he saw three very familiar figures jumping down from the now-powered-down vertebrate, which he could already tell was an older assault model, designed with heavier armour and slower sleeds in mind than the newer ones that were used by the vast majority of the Brotherhood these days. Ivan, it's good to see you, you rabid dog, Sasha called out at the figure at the head of the group, who was currently lifting down some large crates on the back of the vertebrate, and who now turned to look where the voice had come from. Sasha, you old horse, how is it every time I blink and I am told you are still alive? You have more lives than a whole flock of fucking cats. Ivan said with a grin that cracked his sandpaper smooth features. The pair embraced, though given Ivan was currently wearing the signature suit of Cossack power armour, there was a bit of a height difference between the two veterans. We brought you a gift, but Paladin wouldn't let me paint it bright pink or even write word shoot me first on it. Can you believe this? Ivan said, gesturing to the back of the vertebrate, where Sasha smiled as he saw the suit of Cossack modified T-60 power armour stood there waiting for him. Why would I want my armour to look like your bunk room? Sasha asked before making Ivan bark a loud laugh, before clapping his old friend on the shoulders. So, we are here to show rabble Yankees how to fight properly, yes? Ivan said in Russian to Sasha, and he gave him a grin. Something like that. Is new world this day, my brother. But do not be alarmed by what you will see in there. I warn you, it will shock you. But we are to be part of something much bigger. Sasha said, causing Ivan to raise an eyebrow. Well, as long as they know good vodka when they see it, I'm sure we'll get along just fine. Another voice said, and Sasha turned to see Melina. The team signal specialist stood there with a grin on her face and a sparkle in her ice blue eyes. It's good to see you again, sister, Sasha said, embracing his biological sister as she patted his back. And you, my brother. I was worried we would lost contact with you and the others, she said, and he nodded. They fought bravely, sister. They earned every word woven to them into the tapestry, he said, and she nodded sadly. As we all always knew they would, they were best of best, and today they proved it. She said, causing Sasha to nod, for freeing himself from her grasp and leaving himself into the back of the vertebrate. It was finally time to suit up again. Now, Cossack armour is not like standard Brotherhood power armour in a lot of ways. Like, for instance, the rear-mounted gimbals that allow them to mount heavy weapons on them to fire over their shoulders, which effectively turned the user into a walking tank for one. Cossacks truly embrace the ideal of hit your enemy harder than they can ever hope to hit you in return, and this kind of showed in their equipment, as they always ensured that every man or woman could lay down the fire of three standard soldiers with ease. This way, even a small force of them would be far harder to handle in the, on the battlefield. But just because they tended to carry some seriously heavy firepower didn't mean they were opposed to getting up close and personal with their foes, either, as was kind of evident by what was hanging on the hip of Sasha's new suit. Sat in a rather ornate and decorated scabbard, 
was a Kinderjar, which is a kind of short sword similar to a Gladius type of blade, only slightly thinner, but no less effective when wielded with someone in power armour. And it was surprisingly effective against a, standard, a variety of standard armour types. Now, while being built on the standard T60 frame that was used by the Brotherhood, that was pretty much where the similarity ended for Cossack armour. First and probably most obvious was the difference of the helmet. Having seen the Enclave's X01 and X02 variants at work, as well as a few of more unique variants, the psychological and streamlining work down to them had not been lost on the Cossacks, to say the least. So, they'd done away with the large bulky helmet with its dual respiration system and big bulky headlamps. The Cossacks instead had begun pulling components out of said helmets and installing them to the heads of captured sentry bots to give them a truly unique and intimidating profile, reconfiguring them into a new form of helmet. This was largely in part to the eyepieces of the helmet being retrofit to serve as headlamps, just like those of the Enclave suits. But rather than spring bright yellow or white light out, the Cossacks had opted for something a little bit more subtle. Red light, which worked incredibly well with the built infrared optics that they'd installed, while also giving them a rather demonic look in the dark. The second major difference was the thicker plating that co covered the Cossack armour and tended to give them a much blockier and heavier look, but did indeed add some additional protection from incoming fire, allowing them to pretty much shrug off anything but the heaviest of calibres or maybe armour-piercing rounds, which also allowed them to charge headlong into gunfire, which really put the shits up your enemies. They'd also modified this, both the servo and shock absorption systems of the frames under the armour to compensate for this as well. And also thanks to the increased power draw of these new parts, it was not uncommon to see these suits outfitted with a secondary fusion battery port to compensate for the increased draw and not put too much of a strain on a single unit. Especially when you took into, the ca into account the Cossack's love of heavy weapon systems. Sasha himself had never been one for using the gimbal-fired systems. The most he'd ever really considered using one for was anti-air, which was usually made up of a cut-down quad-barreled rocket launcher, with all of its optic systems haphazardly routed through the helmet-mounted targeting optics to give him a bit more of a quicker response. But that having been said, Sasha was indeed a bit of a fan of heavy weapons especially the one that he found sat waiting for him in the case next to his armour. Ivan, is my birthday already? Sasha chuckled as he lifted the tri-barreled rotary 50 caliber Gatling gun out of its case and tested the heft against his armour's servos. The gun itself was a true monster of a weapon and originally been designed for use on assault vertebrates and armoured vehicles for anti-vehicle and area saturation operations. But, having stumbled across an underground military transport hub, complete with now useless vehicles awaiting transports to locations unknowns, the Cossacks had wasted very little time setting to work stripping them of everything useful, including their armaments. They quickly set about repurposing these monstrous guns for man portability, 
using the large cases of ammo that the users now wore on their back to feed the weapon. They'd also outfitted these cases with a harness system that allowed the user to mount the weapon barrel side up to onto the side of it for easy transport and to allow them to use any other weapon of choice because this very thirsty bitch could very quickly run herself dry in sustained combat. You can thank Natalia for that one. I keep telling her she has soft heart and she keeps responding me by punching me in head. Some people have no gratitude of simple compliments. I even said before deftly dodging an incoming punch from a fist that appeared round the side of the vertebird, sending the giggling Cossack running towards the fort. That man, I swear he is glutton for pain, Natalia snarled as she watched Ivan run off towards the far fort with two large crates on his broad shoulders giggling the whole way. That's why I keep saying you two would be perfect couple. You should stop denying it, get together, then you can get busy making babies. Thasha said before having to dodge a backhand to avoid the, the rock she slammed, launched at his head. Not if he was last man on his scorched earth. I would rather satisfy myself with gnarled and burnt tree branch. At least then I would be satisfied. Natalia snarled, making Sasha bark a belly laugh. He'd truly missed this. Well, yes, the other Brotherhood soldiers were indeed his brothers and sisters in arms, and he would gladly lay his life down in a heartbeat to defend them. But somehow it did not feel anywhere the same as when he was with and until he was with his fellow Cossacks. With them, there was a true feeling of family, as well as the unity. Sasha clipped the tri-barrel, now fully loaded ammo case, onto his back, before he jumped down and embraced Natalia. It's good to see you, Sasha. We all thought the worst when you went dark, she said, now in a much softer tone, and he nodded understandingly. Our brothers and sisters gave their lives that I might live. It is not a thing I will ever forget, and we will honour them now, by showing the world what we can do. We will work with these free peoples to prove to everyone who we are, he said. Natalia nodded. So is true, then, that these free peoples are made up of monsters and humans together? She said, and Sasha shook his head disapprovingly. They are not monsters, Natalia, and never refer to them as such in my presence again. I owe one of them my very life. She broke me out of an enclave prison where they were torturing me for information. But I did not break. They did not have to free me, as I was nothing to them, but they did it anyway. It is, in fact, an act of kindness that I will not forget. But you will see soon enough. They are not what people think they are. She said Natalia looked a bit surprised at this, but then nodded. I apologise, Sasha, she said, and he nodded approvingly. I tell you many times, Natalia. Not judge a book by its coverings. This you will soon see for yourself. Come, I will show you, Sasha said before picking up some of the crates from the bird and heading with her towards the fort. As they walked into the fort proper, Sasha couldn't help but smile as he saw Natalia's expression change to one of shock at the sight that greeted her. Scorpions scuttling around all over the place, helping people to do everyday tasks. Massive death claws walking and talking with humans. Super mutants deep in discussions with people. And last of all, by any margin least, 
A jumping spider slash human hybrid who was busily sewing a new pair of pants up for someone. What is this? Natalia exclaimed as her eyes darted about in surprise and alarm. This, Natalia, is Free Peoples of the Waste. But don't worry, it will be a lot less cluttered here soon as most of them are heading back to their base, not far from here, in Old Vault that they share with Railroad. But do not worry, we will have a team of Valkyries with us, so you will have plenty of time to get used to non-human friends, Sasha said with a chuckle. Suddenly one of the claws broke off from his conversation and made a beeline right for them, and watching Natalia strain not to drop the box she was carrying and reach for her weapons was both of a joy and a bit of a tense moment for Sasha, but thankfully she restrained herself. Ah, so this must be another of your team, Sasha. I've met old Ivan over there already. Though I thought he was going to shit his tin suit when he saw me, but thankfully he calmed down pretty quick. Though to be fair, I never expected an inbuilt flask system in those suits of yours. I'm Ven of the Northern Pack, by the way. Ven said, offering a massive hand to Natalia to shake. Um, Natalia. Knight Natalia Yelenko. She said, taking his hand and after a moment's hesitation, shaking it. Good to meet you, Natalia. And listen, I know this is probably a little bit overwhelming for you, as I'm guessing you've probably never had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a claw before. And two, never seen this many non-humans in one place without bullens flying through the air before either, right? Ren said with a large fang-filled grin. Something like this, yes, Natalia said, and Ven chuckled and nodded in understanding. Yeah, I figured as much, but don't worry, we're a real friendly bu bunch despite appearances. And it won't be long for our group is moving out anyway, soon heading back to our new base, so you'll have a bit of a quieter and calmer environment to kind of get used to the idea. We're just waiting for our guys to finish up packing and for the other well-esteemed guests to arrive, and then we'll be out of your hair, and you guys can get yourself settled in and set up, Ven said, gesturing around the courtyard. Was it you who pulled Sasha out of Enclave's claws? Natalia asked and Ven shook his head. No, that was one of Raymond's group. She's a night stalker by the name of Riss. She's back at our main camp at the moment, but you'll probably run into her at some point. If you come through our area, which is given how closely we'll be working together, I have no doubt you will soon enough. She's kind of hard to miss, to be fair. Well, unless she's, um, well, cloaked. But don't let that bother you. That's kind of just a night stalker thing, Ven said dismissively. Suddenly, yet another claw stalked up, and this one Sasha recognised instantly as Leah, the mate of leader Raymond. Ah, so these must be the Cossacks I keep hearing about. Sasha hears anything to go by, you guys will be a real boon to the war effort here. I'm Leah of the Northern Pack, the big female claw said, smiling. She is also mate of Raymond, who is leader of Faction of Free Peoples. Sasha said as Natalia shook hands with the big claw girl and introduced herself. Mate? As in romantic partner? Natalia said in surprise, looking up at her and Leah nodded. Indeed. We of the free people not only endorse the beauty of interspecies love, but actively practice and promote it. There is something so simply delightful about stealing away a beautiful member of another species from their own and to let them revel in the joys of you while you revel in all the dif beautiful differences of them, Leah said with a bit of a purry growl 
that grew louder as she glanced over at Raymond, and that seemed to shock Natalia further. There are humans with non-humans? Natalia blurted out and both Ven and Leah looked at one another and then laughed and grinned. Oh yes. See that handsome hunk of human right there? Well he's all mine, Ven said pointing to Gregory who was currently helping some of the Minutemen engineers who were all working on boosting their radio broadcast range. It is exceedingly common among our group for humans to be with non-humans rather than their own kind. Even our overall leader, Seven, is one of our kind. My cousin and Ven's sister, Visa, who is now Alpha Claw, thanks to this union. But she is an excellent Alpha, who cares for all the people under her, just as Seven does. So they are truly a good match, Leah said approvingly. Suddenly there was a loud fluttering noise directly above them and all of them looked up, just in time to see four armoured figures swoop down on large wings which they rapidly folded away as they touched down, observing their surroundings. Ah, looks like our new Valkyries are here. Jewel, you're up over here! Ven yelled, and Valkyrie leader stuck her head out of one of the side rooms. Upon seeing the newcomers, rapidly made her way out to greet them. The four newcomers were rather large and surprisingly diverse. The largest of the group seemed to have some kind of ant massive anti-material rifle strapped to her body armour, as well as what looked like some kind of longsword, which kind of reminded Sasha of a European longsword, and she looked like a condor to boot. Stood proudly next to her, it looked like what two appeared to be two different types of eagle, with one of them being an American bald eagle, and the other, who had bright red and gold feathers, appeared to be a golden eagle of some kind, while the last member of their group, well that seemed to be a horned owl. To Sasha's surprise, the group seemed to have the same makeup as his own, and that two of them were male and two of them were female. Both the condor and the owl were blatantly female, while both the eagles, they seemed to be male. After some rapid conversation in their native language, which sounded like two songbirds having a high-speed sing-along contest, to his ears anyway, the large condor turned to look at Sasha and his little group. Well, I get the feeling you guys are going to have to get to know your opposite numbers here, so we'll leave you guys to it. We'll be back later when we're ready to ship out. Till then, see ya! Ben said, giving him a little wave before heading off with Leah, while the team of Valkyries made a beeline right for them. They seemed to be wearing some kind of metal combat armour that was obviously designed to be both strong and lightweight, while also not impeding their ability to take flight but also while doing so protecting their vital organs. It kind of looked surprisingly similar to Brotherhood's scout armour in a way. It was most likely based off it. Are you Master Knight Sasha? The condo woman asked in a surprisingly deep voice as she walked up to them, and Sasha instantly realised that if it wasn't for his power armour she'd stand at least a foot and a half taller than him. Yes, that is me. You must be our Valkyrie partners from the Silent Eagles, yes? Sasha said, looking up at her. Yes, I am Lucille Fury, Fury Talon, Hunter First Class, and I am told this is the equivalent rank to your Sergeant. I am also told that this is an appropriate human greeting, she said, offering him a large hand to shake. Sasha did indeed take it and shook it heartily. It is good to meet you, Hunter Fury Talon. 
I look forward to working and fighting alongside you and your people. I hear good things about your unit and I expect to see them with my own eyes, Sasha said. We will not disappoint. I have been ordered by both the Feather Guard commanders and the Elders to take my orders now from you. So hereby I am transferred under your command. This is acceptable to you, yes? She asked and Sasha nodded. Indeed. If you have not been informed, my unit is referred to as the Cossacks. We are of the Brotherhood of Steel, and I have heard that you have had problems with some of our sister units very recently. I do hope this will not be a problem, Sasha said, and Lucille growled slightly, showing off her incredibly shocked, hooked beak as she did. Problems, yes, this is one word for it. But it is resolved, and your people and mine are now allies so we will not disappoint our elders by rehashing old grievances. And upon that, you are not responsible for it, she said. Good. This is an honourable answer. And yes, I understand your frustration, Hunter First Class, but you must remember that not all humans are the same, and even closer to home, not all brotherhood are the same either. We might belong to the same overall organisation, but we are very different from them. I assume this would be also accurate assumption towards yourselves and the regular feather guard, yes? Sasha said, and by the raised eyebrow, which truly showed off Lucille's massive and very bright golden eyes, he knew he'd struck something of a nerve there. Correct. We are trained very different from our honoured feather guard comrades. While they fight in the open, it is our job to locate the enemy and engage them from afar never letting them know where we are or how many we are. We make them fear the shadows of the night or the darkness of the skies, sometimes even the very clouds themselves, Lucy said proudly, and Sasha nodded approvingly at this. Then, Hunter Fury Talon, I do believe we will get along swimmingly, because as I am sure you will very soon learn, we Cossacks do things very differently as well. Now, Come, I will introduce you to the rest of the team, and we can all get to know each other over a traditional glass of vodka, hopefully before Ivan drinks it all, and we will have to lock him in his armour again, Sasha said, making Natalia snort a laugh. Forgive my ignorance here, Master Knight. What is this vodka of which you speak? Lucille asked, and she and all her people fell in step with Natalia and Sasha as they headed deeper into the forts in search of the other two wayward Cossacks. Vodka is a way of life, my dear. This is something you will soon learn. It turns hearts into steel and weeds into warriors. It even turns the coldest of nights into the warmest of summer days, Sasha said proudly. What he's really saying is it fucks you up bad enough to believe just about anything you're told. Natalia said, making Lucille snort a laugh and a clack a beak loudly. Sounds a lot like fluffs of tail feathers, a traditional drink among my people, made from berries. Sweet, but underestimated at your peril, because it will sucker punch you into believing you can fly without wings, if you let it, Lucille said, and Sasha roared with laughter and nodded approvingly. See, I told you we would find common ground quickly. I can tell you hunters and we Cossacks, we will work well together. Firm friends we will be, just you wait and see, he said. And with that, they all headed into the fort's interior in search of the others. Ah, so that was chapter 136, ladies and gentlemen. 
Um, looks like Sasha and his uh, Cossacks are teaming up with the Feather Guard's elite sniper unit, the Silent Eagles. But what role will they have to play in the coming days? And uh, what are the rest of the guys going to be doing as well? Could only be one way to answer these questions, and so many more. Gonna have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you all next time.